It is Sunday, November 21st, 2010. This is U62 The Targ. Snurkily-doo! As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, we geek out about the Green Lantern trailer, more Batman the Brave and the Bold, and my thoughts on Megamind. It's episode 4.09, The Chill of Winter. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar. You're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Camp is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. How y'all doing? I am back from my four-day weekend, and I gotta tell you, it was very nice. It was very relaxing. It's always good to get away. The only problem is, though, I spent a whole bunch of money buying new DVDs, so I just gotta go home and watch them now. Oh, what a difficult life I lead. I gotta sit on my fat butt all day watching DVDs. Oh, the humanity! Well, actually, it is rather tragic because I'm sure these chest pains I occasionally get have something to do with the fact that I'm about 20 pounds overweight. Yeah, just call me Captain Bringdown. But let's get to the good news that all the geeks are just geeking out about right now. As we all know with DC Comics, as they adapt their superheroes for the big screen, the two they tend to be focusing on are Batman and Superman. Well, now, another DC hero is finally getting his big screen treatment. Ladies and gentlemen, the trailer for Green Lantern is on the internet. That's right, they have made a live-action Green Lantern movie. The trailer itself, the trailer is looking pretty good. I mean, I always thought that with Green Lantern, it has the potential to be a gigantic space epic, easily the equal of Star Wars, if done right. Now, taking a look at the trailer, well, it's not quite at a Star Wars level yet, but it really does match kind of an epic tone that the comic books have. So here we are. For those who aren't familiar with Green Lantern, we have Hal Jordan, hotshot test pilot. There he is flying his super top-secret experimental aircraft across the Utah salt flats, you know, those really flat deserts that they always use in movies. And then one day... This alien spacecraft falls out of the sky. Hal Jordan goes to explore the wreckage, and inside is the alien known as Abensor, and he is dying. Abensor says that his power ring has chosen Hal Jordan to take over for him as a Green Lantern. Green Lanterns, of course, being this intergalactic police force that patrols our galaxy, bringing law and order. So Hal Jordan accepts the ring, accepts his destiny, and becomes the new Green Lantern of Sector 2814, which is the sector that Earth falls in. And then he goes off and fights all kinds of intergalactic baddies. So we got Ryan Reynolds playing Green Lantern. 
that could be a good choice. He seems a little too cocky, and as a friend of mine once pointed out, well, pointed out just as I was sitting down to record this, Hal Jordan always seemed a little bit older and a little more mature than other superheroes. So, well, let's see if Ryan Reynolds can pull it off. Uh, Blake Lively plays his girlfriend, the aircraft magnate Carol Ferris, who eventually becomes his enemy star Sapphire. Dun-dun-dun! Something to be explored in the sequels, no doubt. Uh, we have Peter Sarsgaard uh, playing the villainous telepath Hector Hammond. Kind of a B-list Green Lantern villain, but hey, whatever floats your boat. And playing his arch-enemy Sinestro, we have Mark Strong, who you might remember as the bad guy in Sherlock Holmes and Kick-Ass. So there you go. That is Green Lantern coming to theaters this summer. And uh, so, yeah, just we're going to go see that. You and me. Come on. Let's go see Green Lantern this June. Yep, Fort. Awesome. Let's do Too Hot for Radio. Too Hot for Radio. All right, let's get going with Too Hot for Radio, my weekly look at all the stuff that's a little too saucy for the tender ears of terrestrial radio listeners. Actually, I gotta admit, I've been going through a bit of a dry spell with uh, Too Hot for Radio lately, as there hasn't been a lot coming across my desk to keep this file full. About uh, the only thing that's come across my desk this past week is a story out of Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, this store features America's very first drive through window at a sex shop. Uh, the shop calls themselves Pleasures, and all of the items they sell are in unmarked paper bags, of course. Says the owner, the real essence of what I'm trying to get across is adult stores don't have to be hidden in back alleys. Yeah, okay, but still, a drive through window at a sex shop? Really? I mean, here in Alberta, they just passed a new law for distracted drivers, banning you from grooming and eating cheeseburgers and talking on the cell phone while you're driving. If you buy something from a drive through window at a sex shop and you want to get it out of the bag and try it right away, yeah, you're probably going to get busted under that distracted driving bylaw and busted for a whole bunch of other things. And yeah, as I said, uh, that's both the only thing I got in the Too Hot for Radio file this time out, which is why I think I'm, uh, I think I'm gonna end this feature here on the podcast, uh, because, you know, it's just, well, you know me, I'm all obsessed with movies, I focus a lot on movies in this podcast, and this really does seem like an odd fit. So I have an idea for a new feature to replace this. I'm going to try to debut it next week, so tune in for that. And who knows, if enough stories catch my eye and come my way, Too Hot for Radio could always make a comeback. Mark Kappas, Lord of the Overworld, Master of the Twelve Galaxies. Where do you pick that stuff up? I never see you read. Mark Kappas. It's like he channels dead crazy people. U62, The Tar. Think it's a cry for help? Good evening, all you gentlemen, mobsters, creeps, and crooks. Men in tights come after you, and still you're off the hook. For those who scare and terrorize, it's the dawn of a brand new day. You scum can simply call us the one and only. Green Lantern has his special range. Pretty strong, that little thing. New Beatles deeds are really sweet. But who will bring him out of his shed? Flash his bows, they finish last. Too bad sometimes he's just too fast. While all the boys can always say. 
is when you're shooting straight. Hey! I'm just saying. Aquaman's always courageous. His little fish, less outrageous. Plastic man can expand. Becomes funny in our hands. While all the boys can keep you punks at bay. No one does it better than the birds of prey. One the birds of prey. Make a girl's heart melt. He's always right there for the save. I'd like to see his secret cave. Well, Batman does things in his special way. He'd do it better with the birds of prey. Well, Batman always seems to save the day. No one does it better. No one does it better than the birds of prey. Oh my god. Oh my god. That song has been one of the biggest geek out moments in my life, at least in the past month. Uh, that is uh, from an episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, the song is called Birds of Prey, and the episode itself is called The Menace of Matches Malone. The three characters who are singing in that song are the superheroes The Huntress, Black Canary, and everybody's favorite Batman enemy, Catwoman. The voice actresses are Grey Delisle as Black Canary, Tara Strong as The Huntress, and Nika Futterman as Catwoman. I've geeked out about Grey Delisle and Tara Strong in the past, so you know they have phenomenal voices, I think are incredibly talented voice actresses, and yeah, they're rather attractive in real life as well, because I've looked for pictures on the internet because I don't get out much. Ahem. But anyways, that entire episode, here's the deal. So, Batman, Catwoman, Huntress, and Black Canary all team up to get the uh, magical MacGuffin away from the bad guys, right? Well, in their undercover investigation, Batman gets conked on the head and, be and begins believing that he is his undercover persona of the mobster Matches Malone. So Catwoman, Huntress, and Black Canary all team up to try and snap Batman back to reality. And for the comic book geeks out there, you would recognize that trio as one of the earliest incarnations of the superheroine group, The Birds of Prey. Yes, they did a Birds of Prey episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold. And really, you gotta seek out the video for that song in the show. Because I tell you, you got three female superheroes there. And for a show that prides itself on being a lighter take on the Batman mythos, something geared more towards the younger kids, the raw sexuality in that animated segment is mesmerizing. It is just amazing what they got away with. 
Wow, I geek out a lot about Batman the Brave and the Bold on this show, don't I? Well, it's just one of those things, right? Uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Each episode has Batman teaming up with a rather well-known B and C list hero. Uh, so there's a lot of C-list heroes getting their first appearance in animation in this cartoon. So there's lots to geek out over. But yeah, that episode is called The Menace of Matches Malone. That song itself is called Birds of Prey. You can seek out the uh, animated clip online. And I gotta tell you, it is just mind-blowing how sexual it is for a kid's show. It's just amazing. What's wrong with society? I'm literally angry with rage. Time for What's Wrong With Society this week. My weekly look at, well, what's wrong with society this week. You want to know what's wrong with society this week? The Canadian mentality towards winter. Here it is. It is now the middle of November in Alberta. We got sub-zero temperatures. We got snow on the ground. It's safe to say that winter finally arrived this week. But still, people were surprised by this. You know, people were looking out their window. Oh my God, it snowed. I'm not ready for this. I never finished uh, raking my yard. Oh no, I gotta get the snow shovel out. I'm gonna drive to work, but I'm gonna drive like a maniac and pretend the snow's not there. Whoa, I'm skidding all over the road. Darn you, snow, for being so unexpected. Guys, this is winter. It comes every year. It happens in November. Why do you keep acting like it's this big shock? You are not a newborn kitten where you look outside and you see snow for the first time and you go, Meow. That's my confused meow. Yeah, that'll be what's wrong with society next week. I can't do a confused meow. So it's just get over it, people. Winter comes. Start preparing for it. We all know it's coming. So here's what we got to do to fix what's wrong with society this week. We got one of two options. Option number one, which I call the hard way, that is we take all the people who are constantly surprised by winter, we round them up, and we ship them off to Florida, where snow never comes, and thus it will never come along and surprise them. Option number two is the easy way. We just start preparing for it. You know it's coming. Stop acting surprised. Get over yourselves. And that's what's wrong with society this week. What's Wrong With Society, brought to you by Cranky Pants brand underwear. Cranky Pants, now 30% tighter in uncomfortable places. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Aw, let the man be naked. On U62. The Targ. Everybody tells me that it's so hard to make it. It's so hard to break in. There's no way to Tells me that it's wrong what I'm feeling I shouldn't believe in the dreams that I'm dreaming I hear it every day, I hear it all the time I'm never gonna mount too much, but they're never gonna change my mind, no Everybody tells me that it's one in a million 
Gomez here on U62 The Tar. Good afternoon. Mark Cap is here with you. We should probably get going with Fishing in the Discount Bin, shouldn't we? Fishing in the Discount Bin. All right, let's get going here with Fishing in the Discount Bin. This is where I take a look at one of the DVDs in my vast, vast DVD library and just watch it, reminisce about the good times, and realize what an awesome movie it is. You might remember a couple episodes back I did Supergirl. Well, the only logical thing to go with after Supergirl is, of course, Superman. What can I say about Superman that hasn't been written before? It is still considered by many to be the gold standard when it comes to superhero adaptations. It came out in 1978, and it was one of those films alongside Jaws, Star Wars, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind that ushered in our modern-day era of summer blockbusters. Christopher Nolan always said it was one of his influences when he did Batman Begins, and you can really see it. Superman and Batman Begins, at the end of the day, have the same general setup. It is our hero's origin story, told in loving and painstakingly accurate detail. In case it's been a while since you've seen it, it is, well, Superman's origin story. It starts on Krypton, with Jor-El's attempts to warn the people that the planet is about to explode. His research doesn't hold up to peer review, however, so he begins plans to send his infant son to Earth. We then catch up with our teenage Clark Kent in Smallville, struggling to keep his powers a secret and find his destiny, eventually leading him to the North Pole where he tosses a Kryptonian crystal into the snow, the Fortress of Solitude springs up, and he goes inside and learns of his heritage and destiny. Man, when I was a kid, do you know how many times I threw icicles into snowbanks hoping the Fortress of Solitude would spring up? Ah, childhood. The rest of the film then follows Clark Kent into Metropolis, falling in love with Lois Lane, and using his powers to foil Lex Luthor's evil plot. But of course, Superman can't be in two places at once, and in the now legendary ending, he actually turns back time so he can save Lois and the world. What more can I say about the film that hasn't been said before? Christopher Reeve is just spot-on perfect as Superman. Gene Hackman portrays Lex Luthor in a more comical light than he's ever been portrayed before, but it works in this uh, era. 
However, there are a few things that sadly dated in the 1970s, like when a pimp compliments Superman on his nice threads. That always seems just out of place, and it probably doesn't help that this pimp is the only black guy in the whole film. Plus, you know, you really gotta feel some Alberta pride when you're watching Superman. Most of the Smallville scenes were filmed in southern Alberta, in and around Calgary. In fact, you can even very clearly see Alberta wheat pool grain elevators in Smallville. At the funeral for Jonathan Kent, on the running commentary for the DVD, director Richard Donner points out that the church off in the distance really isn't off in the distance. It was the world's smallest church, just outside a Drumheller, and they trekked it into that location to use for what they call a forced perspective shot. I was in that part of the country for my vacation just a year ago. I should have tried to seek out the old brick schoolhouse that served as Smallville School and the Kent Homestead. According to Wikipedia, that old brick schoolhouse is in a hamlet called Barrens. I think I know where I'm going next summer. Man, I remember the first time I saw Superman. I was at my grandparents' house, and I was watching it on their tiny little black and white TV in their guest room. Even back then, I knew it was incredibly awesome. You know how when you see a movie as a kid, and then you watch it again when you're a little older and you're finally able to understand everything going on? When I was finally old enough to see Superman and understand everything that was going on, I was in high school. ITV, which you now know as Global TV Edmonton, had just started showing Lois and Clark the new adventures of Superman, and in order to promote it, they were showing Superman as their late, late movie one Saturday night. So I set the VCR, taped it, and watched it the next morning. I was a little bit stunned at how much of it focused on the young Clark Kent before he became Superman. I didn't see it again until college when I rented it in Superman 2 one night. You know, the local video store had a rent one, get one free special for college students. And ever since then, I've been conditioned to rent movies in pairs. But yeah, that's Superman. What more can I say? It has become a true classic. Fishing in the Discount Bin, brought to you by RentMoviesOnline.com. Is going down to the video store too much social interaction for you? RentMoviesOnline.com. There's Fishing in the Discount Bin for this week. Superman, always a classic movie. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of superhero movies going on in the theaters these days. You know, I finally went down to the theater and I saw Megamind. Now, I know I've been, uh, I've kind of hated all of DreamWorks animated films ever since I saw Shrek 2 when that came out about, uh, oh, four or five years ago now. Just Shrek 2, I tell ya, I still believe Shrek 2 is the most god-awful animated film ever made. It's supposed to be a comedy, right? And everyone says the only hallmark of a comedy should be, did it make you laugh? Shrek 2, did it make me laugh? No, it is just incredibly unfunny. And after that, I never saw another DreamWorks film again in the theaters. But you know, then Megamind started coming along. And I was like, huh, well, you know, like a lot of geeks, I think that superheroes in animation, that's a great match. We got to support superheroes in animation. So I decided to go see Megamind. Besides, you know, uh, lots of DreamWorks films are starting to get better reviews. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon got pretty good reviews. I thoroughly enjoyed Kung Fu Panda when I rented it out of curiosity one night. So who knows, DreamWorks might finally be turning things around. And so, yeah, I went to see Megamind, and it was uh, pretty good, I thought. You know, the plot, in case uh, you didn't hear, uh, we have our supervillain Megamind, and we have the superhero Metro Man. They're constantly at odds with each other, but then one day, Megamind actually finally manages to defeat Metro Man. 
awesome. He now has free reign. But f before you know it, he finds that he's actually quite bored with being absolute ruler of all, and with no superhero to oppose him, he starts missing something in his life. So he decides to create a new superhero for himself to fight, but the superhero turns bad and becomes a more tyrannical supervillain than he ever was. So the supervillain is forced to embrace a new destiny as a superhero in order to defeat the villain that he created. Now, I will admit, it's a little bit lame in some areas, you know. As we all know, there seems to be a set formula in most animated films these days, and Megamind tends to follow that formula pretty closely. But you know what? It's still pretty funny. It still provided a lot of laughs. At the end of the day, though, I found it, well, in its general plot, a little too similar to Shrek. You know, but instead of... Uh, fairy tales that was in the superhero universe and whereas Shrek was fat and green Megamind was skinny and blue so there you go all in all it was a pretty good yarn and I actually kind of enjoyed it so there you go I think DreamWorks might finally be turning things around that is until next year when they unleash Shrek 5 upon us my god why are they making a fifth Shrek film I just don't understand it but anyway, I see we're just about at the end of this week's show here. Oh, before I go, I want to plug something really neat that I'm doing at the blog. I have written this epic series of blog entries entitled All the Times I Bought Star Wars, in which I recount all the times I bought Star Wars on video and DVD and try to figure out exactly why I bought it so many times. There's a new entry going up at the blog every Wednesday, so I just suggest you check that out. That is chaosinabox.blogspot.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash chaosinabox. And don't forget my main website, the hub for it all, chaosinabox.com. And uh, that's it. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. You know, it's really hard to masturbate with you guys talking. Not for me.